It's episode 214 of Crack the Customer Code, and Jeannie and Adam are about to break the customer experience vault wide open. Where should the top customer advocate in your organization be? And what really is their purview? These are tough questions, and Adam and I are going to do our best to answer them today. And we have all the answers, right, Adam? Well, obviously. (laughs) (laughs) So what do you think about this? There are so many titles out there right now that are trying to put the umbrella over the customer experience, but... They're also slicing and dicing it so many different ways. What are you seeing, Adam? We got the CCO, that's the chief customer officer. We got the CEO, but it's the other CEO, chief experience officer. We have the CSO, the customer success officer. We've got the chief, I don't know what officer. (laughs) Uh, There's a lot of different titles. So the question Mm -hmm. is who's supposed to drive the bus? Now I have my opinion on this, Jeannie, as you might imagine, but I wanna hear yours. Who should be driving the customer experience in the organization? Well, I think it's it's cliche, but it's necessary to say that it always has to come from the very top, right? Like we have to make sure that the C-suite in general understands the importance of this. But if there is somebody at the table who is supposed to be representing the customer experience, then it's really important to look at that job description and understand what that is. Because too often what I see is that role becomes one of tracking metrics or just gathering the feedback, but not really being given any power to do anything about it. And so that becomes really awkward quickly. And nobody quite knows what that person's doing there except telling them that, you know, their CSAT scores went down or the NPS is down in their department. So they're kind of just the bearer of bad news, (laughs) which (laughs) is kind of a bad role, I would think. (laughs) Not a fun job, probably. No, no. So I think they have to be given some uh, acknowledgement around, okay, now that we know there's a problem, who is going to take the problem and fix it? Who is going to really understand how to improve the customer experience? Because if it's just a reporting job, then it it becomes, you know, a, a junior analyst could do it very easily. So if you have somebody in that C role, C-suite role, I would recommend that you really understand that part of their role is not only just understanding what's happening with customers, but also helping those different departments in those different areas innovate around the actual customer experience so that they can improve it. And then you can track those improvements and it's a beautiful cycle. <laughs> Virtuous cycle. Yeah. It's yes. a, and I agree. I think I would take a, uh, I'd look at it two ways. One, which is the way you describe, which is that's a very organizationally centric thing, which is we ask who drives the customer experience, talking about who's at the top, who's in charge of all the pieces and all that. And one, it's a cultural thing. So without the culture, it just can't get done, right? right. So that That's where it's, uh, you know, customer service starts at the top, et cetera. My answer, though, especially coming from frontline training and things like that, if you ask me who drives the customer experience, I'm going to say you do, Jeannie. And Mm -hmm. you do, listener. And whoever you are that's listening to this, you drive the customer experience. Mm -hmm. You're the one that has to make it happen when the rubber meets the road because the system's always going to be too slow. The resources Mm -hmm. are always going to be too little. And the only way to drive customer experience is for people to step up and drive it themselves. So, yes, we have to look at it from an organizational perspective. We have to look at it from a standpoint of, you know, who's making sure the journey connects and the silos are broken and the computer you know works with the uh, in-store and all of these things, right? But mm-hmm. in the end, 
The only thing that can drive a customer experience is an individual and a human. And those are the people that where the rubber meets the road is human to human interaction and how those people represent the experience. So my answer to who drives customer experience is everybody. And I would challenge you a little bit on that. And here's why. I, I totally agree. And everybody needs to internalize what that experience is that we're trying to deliver so that they can deliver it. So that is absolutely true. But sometimes I've seen big organizations hang up posters that say we all own it. And what that translates to is nobody owns it. And so we, I think we have to be careful with how we frame these things, because if we have, uh, you know, kind of a campaign around customer experience, then that's not going to work unless it's part of the DNA, part of the culture, which is what you're talking about. Um, but it has to be more than just that idea of, okay, now we're all owning it. We have to know what is that experience that we're trying to deliver? And then are we tracking it? Are we making sure that we're actually delivering on it? And somebody has to own that part of it. And that's the part that gets tricky because the other thing I've seen a lot of is that sometimes they say, okay, Miss VP or, or, you know, chief customer officer, you're in charge now, except for <laughs> uh, we have somebody who handles our frontline training and we have somebody who handles our billing and we're going to separate that out from really the, what we're defining as the customer experience. And that can be really dangerous as well, because just like you said, that is absolutely the customer experience. You know, like if, if you have somebody in the front line, they are the customer experience. And so if, if you're removing certain parts of the experience over, si over you know, org charts, essentially, then nobody's going to win in that scenario either. And that's what makes this such a challenging question for organizations. They have never had this role before. So they're defining it as they go. And then they're dealing with things like, well, our CEO isn't really into it. Or our frontline staff is fantastic. And they've got it. You know, we want to learn from them. But nobody's asking them because they haven't connected those dots yet. And so I think it's 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 an incredibly like mind-bending question if you really start getting into the weeds because in a way, everything is correct. You know, well, yeah. I'm not... Well, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to add that yeah, I think we're starting to answer different questions because you're talking a lot about owning the customer experience, which is a, to me a little bit different. When I talk, think about driving the customer experience, that's what's the energy behind the impetus mm -hmm. to be customer centric. That's less about the strategic execution, uh, which is a lot of what these roles have. So when, when I think of drive, I think of energy. I think of what is pushing the customer experience. And to me, that's almost exclusively culture and people. Now, mm -hmm. who owns it and how do you execute it and what is their strategic imperative and how are we all going to, you know, deal with those challenges you mentioned, uh, you know, having this in this silo and the chief mm -hmm. customer officer, but you don't have anything to do with training. So, well, that's great. Right. right. <laughs> so, that's wonderful. You're yeah, in charge exactly. of the customer experience, but you have no, no insight or impact on the training that yep. informs. I've seen it. It happens. Of course, it absolutely <laughs> happens. Um, but yeah, when I was thinking about driving and maybe I was focused on that word, I was focused on that word. Uh, you know, That's what I think about is like, who is actually pushing it forward? Because mm -hmm. to me, there's what, you know what? Everybody has a CC, all the big ones, right? Everybody has some form of a CCO now. They have some kind of customer title, right? I mean, all, all the Fortune 500, I'd say the great majority of them have something. I think they're getting there if they're not there already. Yeah. Well, the point is they have it. The question is, do they have it 
<laughs> are they using it well? Right. Because my the point I'm leading to here is then why does all their customer service still suck? Yeah. Not all, obviously, but why does so much, you know, if everybody's got a, mm-hmm. somebody who's now in charge of customer experience and that is their sole, sole focus, why is it still breaking down for so many companies and so many industries? Mm-hmm. And I think well, that's a, a lot of culture, a lot of a lack of training and trying to solve things through technology that mm-hmm. can't be solved through technology mm-hmm. and some other dynamics. Go ahead. Well, I was just going to say one of the things that I keep seeing, too, is that they say we want to become customer centric, but then they never really define what that means. They do not have a customer experience mission. They don't understand really what their brand promise is to begin with. And so all these people are trying their best. But if that's all they're told, then they're not really given the right information. And so somebody has to say, okay, this is what we're trying to do. This is what we're trying to leave our customers with. This is the mission of what we're doing in every part of our organization for our customers. And once you can kind of crack that nut, then everything else becomes easier. Everything else becomes a little more organic and a little more part of the DNA and part of the culture. But too many people are like reading one book about customer experience and then they're going, we need to be customer centric, but they don't really define what that is. Well, and, and so think, they just expect people to know. Right. I think that's where that CCO rule should, what they should be doing mm-hmm. is saying, mm-hmm. here's what that looks like. Right. The CEO right. says we need to do better with customer service. Right. We've all seen this. Mm-hmm. I mean, when, I, when I get the call, you know, it's uh, I, I want you to fix my customer service. And mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, let's, uh, and we start doing the questions and I, and I don't care. Everybody says that in some form mm-hmm. or another, but that's the thing. The CEO says, all right, we need to improve our customer service. So the, that CCO role, whatever the title is, that that's what their job should be. Okay. Well, this is what that actually looks like. Right. This is what improving the customer experience for our business. The, here are the forms it can take. Mm-hmm. What mm-hmm. can we execute? What is realistic? And mm-hmm. honestly, what do we want our objective to be? Exactly. Exactly. And I also think saying, you know, we did get this feedback and it's critical that we fix this. And so here are a few ideas of how we can really understand what customers want in this scenario. Because just saying to people, fix it, is not really helpful. And it might not be fixing in the way that the customers actually want. So that should be the role is kind of like translating all of that as well for the people who need to get into the trenches and make those changes. Translating for the customer and for the customer experience goals, you know, that all is really, really meaningful work. And I think sometimes we overlook that and we talk about, well, this person is in charge of NPS and, you know, voice of the customer. But we don't really define what that means for the organization to improve the customer experience, to make it better for customers. So to all the C-suite customer experience and customer service professionals out there, hats off to you. (laughs) Soldier on and, you know, try to really do the best you can for all the people in your organization and all the customers and you know, Adam, to your point, like to every other person out there who is trying to make the change, who is trying to really be as customer focused as they can, even without that guidance, hats off to them too. Hats off to all of you and just do it. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it start it starts with the individual everywhere. And I'll say to the, the C-suite, the CCOs of the world, don't forget that. Yeah. Don't forget that this isn't an all an academic exercise in a boardroom, that the people... Mm-hmm. 
that need to execute this for you. You need to have the drive and energy and guidance and focus and the why, as we've talked about so many times on this podcast, in order to create those experiences and to be customer centric when there is no playbook. Right, right. All right. I'm fired up. Yeah. And I'm going to start a new, my, my next book is going to be chief translation officer. I, th- I like that translation <laughs> thing. That was very good. <laughs> it's right. important. It's yeah, important. Exactly. All right. Well, thanks so much for listening to crack the customer code, a proud member of the C-suite radio family. If you like C-suite radio, then check out C-suite TV. You might even see me there. You can watch <laughs> in-depth interviews with business content for C-suite leaders and entrepreneurs. And it is all on demand. Get insider secrets by going to csuitetv.com and make sure you connect with my partner in crime, Jeannie, over at 360connects.com. That's E-X-T. And of course, make sure you learn more about Adam and all he knows about customer service at customersthatstick.com. It's all there on one page. (laughs) (laughs) And it's mobile friendly. (laughs) It, It is. All right. Until next time, take care of yourself. And take care of your customers. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.